0: I'm Tracy Dietz, co host of Dame It All to Hell with the other love of my life, Kelly Gibson. And I'm Kelly. And here on Dame It All to Hell, we talk about sexism, misogyny, and harassment, all the good stuff. How it affects us as bosses, wives, mothers, and just overall women living here in Washington,
1: D.C. We have really strong feelings about all of these issues, and we agree on absolutely nothing. The language and topics can be super intense because Kelly can't shut the fuck up. Oh, fuck you, Tracy Deeds. Listen and subscribe to Damn It All to Hell on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Come join us. Welcome to episode nine of No Crying in Baseball. I'm Patty, and here's my friend Potty Mouth. That's me, and I'm here to say Happy Hanukkah. This is the third night of Hanukkah tonight. Happy Hanukkah. And and Happy Hanukkah, Patty. I so I got some presents. First, I got of a, course you got
0: presents. It's your holiday. It is
1: exactly. So I just and I've been thinking about this for a couple weeks because I, I got them a while ago.
0: Oh wait! Oh, you got presents for me?
1: Yeah. Well, well, okay. So I have this little token present for El Jefe. Which, uh, as we came in, we could hear his his musical talent wafting through the house, and I was at a concert recently, and I had to do this little scavenger hunt, and as a prize, we got guitar picks stamped with Dead & Company, and I thought, I don't play guitar, El Jefe plays guitar, El Jefe needs a guitar pick. So that's the just the little bit because we're getting presents. Then I'm gonna open my present right now. You did get yourself a present. I got myself a present. That makes Here's... me feel better because I didn't get you a present, but you got I'm, yourself a I present. Did, I don't need to. And I'm so surprised I forgot to take off the price tag. And it says, look at this. It says world's greatest potty mouth. <laughs> Swear to God, I was in this little little store in West Virginia and I found this little box. And it says "World's Greatest Potty Mouth," and I cracked up, and I bought it for myself to open on the on the podcast. What does one keep in a box that says "World's Greatest Potty Mouth"? <laughs> it's, you know, I should just put like little slips of paper with my favorite swears in it's it. Your swear jars, it's your swear jar, is what that is. It is. This yeah. is my swear box. When
0: you swear in front of somebody not supposed to swear in front of, you, you can put it in your potty
1: mouth box. There we go. We're gonna. So, if anybody has any suggestions to what to do with my little "World's Greatest Potty Mouth" box, definitely send those <laughs> in. And the cutest thing—it's got a little picture of a duck on the cover and he's swearing but it's all you know asterisk and exclamation pointed out so because we don't know too cute what he swear. said exactly but i think it's fuck I think the ducks is fuck cause it because duck. it rhymes with duck. Because <laughs> it rhymes with duck and that's the right thing. So the, the funny thing, though, Patty. That's is, not the funny so, thing? No, Well, well, here's like the next funny thing is that I, I bought this for myself thinking, well, I this is going to happen on the podcast, but that's really weird to just give myself a present. And then I turn around and I found the perfect present for you. And that's in front of you. You've got to unwrap it and look at it. I'm very excited about this, but I'm a little sad that you didn't think of me first. Well, it's all right. It's all right.
0: They're socks. I love socks. <laughs> And these socks are perfect for the woman who says poop at baseball games. They say, dang it all to heck. Yep, exactly. (laughs) I would put them on right now, but that would make even more noise than the wrapping paper. Yeah, I'll check this. Thank you. Oh, yay. Happy Hanukkah right back at you. That's really wonderful.
1: I didn't get you anything, but I love you anyway. Well, love you too. And uh, we're just here celebrating and staying warm together in this cold.
0: We are. And it's really cold. And so that's why we're very grateful that it's hot stove season because we are so cold out here in your nation's capital. So we're keeping warm and we're keeping an eye on all the things that are happening at the winter meetings, but also we realized we kind of have to go back to previous episodes and make up yes. for some things that happened. Do you want to so, start?
1: So last episode, I said something about Hall of Fame coming up soon because we were talking about hot stove and things that were happening. And you looked at me like I had two heads and we paused for a moment. And you're No, like,
0: no. I, I right out said, no, we're not. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah.
1: And then and then I start flagging El Jefe and I'm waving and doing the cutoff sign and, and hitting my throat. And he's just laughing at me and saying, no, you're going to hang on this one. I'm just going to leave this in there for you. So you both like left me out there sounding like an idiot with Hall of Fame. But actually, I'm redeeming myself. Do it. Let's hear it. I did see a headline. It just went by fast. and I didn't take note of it. And it didn't stick completely in my little potty mouth brain. But what it was, it's the modern era Hall of Fame vote that actually did happen last weekend. And this is just a special little committee. And it's dedicated to players who were active between 1970 and 1987. And it's guys who languished on the Baseball Writers um, Association. What's the other A4 of America, I guess? All, 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 all American.
0: Every, all, yeah. When they Awesome, awesome association. There you go.
1: I think so. My question
0: for you is, is this like the medal you get for showing up for soccer practice? I don't think so, because okay, these it's guys, that?
1: it's better than okay, that. Good. I mean, they had been on the ballot for a long time. And you know that these ballots are just loaded with incredibly talented players. And so the fact that they hadn't been chosen off that doesn't, doesn't mean against, mark against them. And there were some really impressive names on this modern era Hall of Fame. And the one that had, Jumped out at me was Louis Tiant, who was one of my childhood idols on the Red Sox, but also Tommy John. Tommy John surgery—we hear that name all the time. You would think that the guy should be in the Hall of Fame just because
0: he had a surgery named after him. Yeah, that's going to be
1: big, and and it did, you know, help his career. He didn't actually invent the surgery, right? He just had the surgery. Okay, he did, but he was the first of many. Yes, he was. And I think you know that's going to say something. Uh, Not enough though, because he didn't make it, (laughs) and neither did Don Mattingly, and I'm okay with that too. But two guys who were on the Tigers together both made it, Jack Morris and Alan Trammell. And uh, Trammell was on the Tigers for 20 years. Morris was around but ended up on – no, didn't even end up. He was in the Tigers at the same time as Trammell when they won the 84 World Series, which shout out to our Tigers fans. Those were the days, That huh? was the yeah. last time yeah. that y'all were in the World Series. Get so in this line. Is, yeah, I know. There's a few ahead of them. But still, that's got to feel pretty good to have those two getting in. So I just wanted to redeem myself a little bit. I wasn't completely in left field. I was more like third base, you know, playing You were deep, in the hot corner. for deep. Hot, That's okay. That's all right.
0: Yeah. So I also have something to make up for. Back when we were winding up our World Series conversation, there was the whole thing about you, Darvish. And We had the slick balls conversation. We have to revisit the slick balls conversation. I was like, you, Darvish, would have been fine except for the damn slick balls. It turns out it would not have been because according to an article that Tom Verducci, our pal, um, posted in Sports Illustrated this week, a couple of the Astros said, oh, no, he was totally tipping his pitches. We knew what he was going to throw. And the reason that happened was because he only throws out of the stretch. OK, so he the stretch is the the delivery you use when you have somebody on base. And most pitchers have the regular standard windup that you're used to when no one's on base. And then they switch to pitching in the stretch when someone's uh-huh. on base. He always pitched in the stretch. So he doesn't have the hand holding the baseball in the glove. He has uh-huh. it next to his side. So he's shaking off the... The you know the catcher signs and he agrees to the sign and then as he's putting bringing his hand up to put it into the mitt, he's changing the grip on the ball. So they could see and it. And they could see it. They knew what he was throwing all the freaking time. So I think he will have learned from this, and hopefully, whatever team picks him up in in this uh, in the winter meetings or post winter meetings, because he's he's high on lists of people who are oh, yeah. who are, are people are trying to get him. Hopefully he will learn, and uh, other teams won't be able to read his pitches before he throws them.
1: Although hats off to the Astros because was this the first time he was doing it? Why did they pick up on it and nobody else during the season? Maybe they just had been studying him and had his number. I, but
0: yeah, I don't know. That's pretty impressive. I don't know. So, but now, now, now we know why he was so god awful in that series compared to how he's been, you know, whole season wide. Let's get to current stuff that's happening okay. in the world of the hot stuff. So I missed this press conference with our pal Otani. So you you you
1: got to see it. I just hit it at the right time. I just happened to be flashing through Facebook and I got that notice live press, press conference now. And I was like dropping everything. And I think I didn't come to dinner for a while because I was just so obsessed with watching him because I get to use the word I think now. I'll drink too, but he was adorable. I'm actually already holding my beer because I know how you feel about this. Mm -hmm. So I was prepared to Mm -hmm. to drink because at this time I think adorable actually works. I'm drinking, definitely. He has a baby face. He's young. He's 23 on this huge tall body, but he was also just so starstruck. And he looked like a kid in... Disneyland. Right? <laughs> you know, just the Angels just signed you. What are you going to do? I'm going to Disneyland. Because it's right next door. <laughs> Maybe that's why. I th- I, th- I think that is he why. He really did have that look on his face and his so his
0: bond is actually with Space Mountain and it's a small world it's not so much with the actual
1: Angels. You know that really could be it yeah. just from his expression. Sure. And so there was him speaking in front of everybody which was just so cute and he was obviously feeling very nervous and Afterwards, they had him, the the uh, whoever was doing the Facebook feed, I don't know if it was ESPN, he came in for a an interview and they asked for the mil- millionth time, the same question we've been talking about is why the angels? And he just really earnestly said, I just clicked. Like, I felt this strong connection. And then one of the Japanese um, agents came up afterwards and said, it's obviously not about money. He could have hung out for a couple of years and had a lot more money. He had this feeling. So that's adorable. And then the other really cute thing. Cheers. Was, it, there you go. The, the day that he had the meeting with the angels, Trout was busy getting married. The nerve. But he actually FaceTimed in to their meeting. And Otani was just so starstruck that he didn't know what to say. So Trout gave him the whole spiel about how you'll fit in here and all the wonderful things about being in the Angels. And then at the end, after Otani had been totally quiet, he said, any questions for me? And Otani said he just he really didn't know what to say. He was so in awe of actually speaking with Mike Trout that he didn't know how to respond to him. So that's pretty cute. Oh, And then they said um, he's going to be number 17. And they asked him, what's the significance, of course, you know, the press is looking for any angle at all. What's the significance of number 17? He said, well, 27 was already taken, which is Trout's My number. Trout, yeah. So it was the closest that he could get, which he said, you know, wasn't really true, but it kind of sounded good at the time, I think. So, uh, so there was that. I mean, it was just really fun watching him, except for one thing that I just kind of have to say. And... I really hope that we do have Yankees fans who end up listening to us and calling me out on my shit. But I was getting so pissed off because when you're watching Facebook live stuff, there's that comment speed going on. And half of the fucking comments were Yankees fans gloating about the trade with Stanton. And it's like, you're going to have your day in the sun. He's going to have his own fucking press conference. This is not the one about Stanton. This is not about you right now. Let's talk about the guy on stage who's this amazing, phenomenal pitcher and hitter. And there's a lot to say about him. Just shut the fuck up. So love you yankees fans but let's just keep it where it's supposed to be but the angels are looking hot
0: i mean it's it's impressive the angels are looking hot and they're not stopping with otani right they 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 are in it to win it i think they they got a couple more years with mike trout they just got otani and now they they have Ian Kinsler, second baseman of yeah. the Tigers. So I think they they have a plan. They're not. They, I don't think they're rebuilding. They're they're getting ready to go.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're getting ready to move. These are like seasoned players because there's also talk about them plugging for Chase Headley, who went from Yankees to Padres just a couple of days ago. But they could be flipping. They're going flip to try them, to get. Yeah. yeah, who knows?
0: I guess. Yeah, I mean, Kinsler's a four-time All Star, so they're going to they're going to load it up. Yeah, they're going to load it up. So so they um and the Cardinals also mm. have a plan they are not messing around they're not saying oh maybe we need one of these maybe we need they are they are stacking things up they're going to make they're making moves this season and the cardinals are um, benefiting from the uh the yard
1: sale over at the Marlins fire sale right fire sale. That, it's just like a total clearance sale by you know basement bargain event everybody let's just give you all of our good players and maybe we'll take some prospects that might do something someday. They're selling everybody. I don't know if they're actually done yet selling everybody. But
0: what they just did was they sent uh, Marcelo Zuna to the cards, right? And so I I don't know if they're just starting at the top with the most people who they pay the most and working their way down slowly but surely until they're they're done with just prospects. I'm not sure what's happened, but but now Yelich is up on the on the board. So oh,
1: who's gonna be left? I thought he was gonna stay. I mean, well D Gordon that they. So when they were trying, well, with the with the move to the Mariners and the Mariners getting the international pool money and D Gordon, which was a really amazing deal for the Mariners and not so much for the Marlins, and then the Stanton deal, really good deal for the for the Yankees, damn it, and not so much for the Marlins. So it's like, what are you doing, Jeter?
0: None of these deals are good for the Marlins, and I I wonder how they're going to keep their fan base. Like how. If there's n- if there's no star to hang your head, who are you paying to see? Are they going to have right. to drop their ticket prices to get people to show up? My my prediction is they're going to have a yard sale out in the parking lot in front of every home game to get people to come because they've got a yard sale inside the park all the time right now.
1: Yeah, well, I think Jeter is basing this on the Astros. I think that the Astros just won the World Series. He's trying to follow that model, maybe a little bit of what what the Royals have done over the years and just clean house and start up from... The burnt out remains. But does Jeter have the finesse to do that? He doesn't. So my, my,
0: my thing about Derek Jeter, I just realized he is the Donald Trump of Major League Baseball. Excellent. And here's why. It's because he's got the face that everybody knows. He's got the name that everybody knows. But he's not doing squat. He thinks that that name is enough. He thinks that that rec- recognition That name recognition, that face recognition is enough. It is not enough. He can't make deals to save his life. He's getting rid of everybody, getting almost nothing in return. Didn't even show up to the winter meetings. Where
1: the hell is Derek Jeter? Right. That's what what I was exactly what I was just thinking. He is AWOL. He's still on his honeymoon. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? But I have no lost love for Jeter. So we'll see. Power to him. But I feel bad for the Marlins fans. Let's see where they're going yeah I, I hope they can they can stick it out. Oh, I, I I had a good quote on this so so Boris your pal <laughs> sorry, our, our, our pal Boris who's who's the money maker of the deal. Said, uh, we've seen one of our major league jewelry, sh- jewelry stores become a pawn shop.
0: <laughs> so, all right. So we've seen fire sale, yard sale, pawn shop. Right. There is really no good description of, I mean, no no positive description of what's happening to the Marlins right now.
1: Oh, wait. Is St- 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 oh, there's another one. That's- you have Stanton's quote, right? So, yeah.
0: So Stanton, when he was welcomed to the Yankees, I'm sorry to say, mm-hmm. um, but now I've got the guy that I like on the Yankees. So we get one. You get one, right? My wait, kid. Who- my kid has Aaron Judge. Like, uh, I, I don't get him. So right, I, I can have forearms. Now. I can get okay. forearms. So Stanton's mine there. But he referred to the Marlins as an unprofessional circus. And my question to you is this. Which is worse, an unprofessional circus or a professional circus?
1: Right? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. There's
0: like no bad way to say that. It's like it's just a circus.
1: Right. He's just it, trying to nail it on a little bit and just hand out the big red noses and see what happens. And he so, was he
0: was actually Staten was really very kind and he was he was grateful to the fans in Florida. He oh said, good. you know, and so he was he did all the right things, but he managed to sneak in the little slam about Jeter and his buddies kick on
1: the way out. So it's you know, I, I don't want to make this all about the Yankees. Sure but Oh, God, no. I it's, mean, the thought the, of – the Yankee
0: hate zone. Yeah. Go ahead. Go the for it. The thought
1: of Judge and Stanton together, and both of them over 50 home runs last year, is a little bit terrifying. What would be more terrifying? Adding Manny Machado into the deal. <laughs> and that's been batted around. So I'm going to hold my hope. On the White Sox plugging also for Machado. And, and please, Manny, you know, just just consider it. You don't want to be with Judge and Stanton. They're going to just outshine you. And Manny's going to be looking. and also, I mean, this isn't going to hold back the Yankees, but he, he's a young kid. He's going to be looking for a long term big money deal. Can the Yankees still afford that after Stanton? Of course they can. The Yankees can fucking afford anything. So they would do it. But come on, Machado. I'm sure you can do better. Well, here's the thing. I mean, so
0: the Orioles control this right now. They still have Machado under contract. Um, Next year is when he becomes a free agent. hmm. So if they trade him now, it's going to be to the Orioles' benefit. And Peter Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, has no intention of giving him away to a team in the Orioles' division. He's not going to give... Okay, so maybe right now while we're recording, he's being traded to the Yankees. But I don't believe he's going to be given to the Yankees. He's not going to be given to the Red Sox. No team that we're going to see over and over and over again. They're not going to want to shoot themselves in the foot with that. So Machado wants to play shortstop. He's not going to play shortstop at the O's. He's going to be in third base. But he only has one more year. So wherever he goes... They've only got one more year with him before he becomes a free agent. So there's that little, like, do you want to rent him for a year or, you know, or where do you want to go? The thing about the White Sox, there's a theory that they might take him to flip him to the Yankees, like Angelos might trade him to the White Sox who might then trade him to the Yankees so the Yankees can end up with him. But Angelos doesn't do that to himself.
1: But he's not going to be
0: shortstop on the Yankees.
1: The Yankees yes. have Brent Gregorius. He'd be yeah. third base on the Yankees and Red Sox, too. They don't need a shortstop. They get bored. Well, ahead. I have
0: so, I, I have a theory that as soon as we're done recording, we're going to turn our phones back on and find out I where know. he went. Fuck, so
1: That seems to happen
0: every <laughs> fucking time.
1: So, just, I mean, I'll get my last little dig in against the Yankees. So teams are talking to CeCe Sabathia, one of my very favorite Yankees. And, you know... I'd like him to just stay with the Yankees. Why is that? Because he's going to fucking fall over at any minute. The man just looks like a heart attack on a plate... And I I really want that to happen while he's at the Yankees. I just keep every season, I feel like I've been saying, oh, he's going to implode this year. And he looks like it. And he's all sweaty and he's leaning over. And it's going to happen one of these days. It's going to happen.
0: And you want it to happen on the mound in Yankee Stadium so you can really focus your hate on that.
1: Yeah, the worst thing that would happen is they trade him and then he falls apart. Like that would. It it, it needs to bite the Yankees,
0: right? I, I get that. So I have one more hot stove thing and then we can move on to boyfriends. Sure. So last week or the week before, we talked. Talked about Andrew McCutcheon of the Pirates being like the cool hometown franchise guy, naming his new baby Steel because of Pittsburgh and it's the Steel Town and all of that. They're talking about trading him. Huh. That just doesn't seem right. That, I mean, it seems like he had a long-term plan. You name your kid Steel, you got a plan. You're going to stay in Pittsburgh. But I don't know. So we'll 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 see what happens. Yeah,
1: and we haven't gotten to them for boyfriends yet. And I think we're going to have to arm wrestle over him because he's just adorable with or without the hair. Like cuter with the long hair, but he's still. Oh, damn it. I said adorable and I'm out of beer.
0: Oh, that's so wrong.
1: Well, uh. you know, I've
0: still got some. So I'm drinking while you tell me about your O's boyfriend. So I wait before we start Ouch. that. Okay, so here's the thing. So, my kid, you may have heard in a previous episode or two or seven that I named my child Camden for Camden Yards for the Orioles. And she had it in her head that she was going to fix us up she, on blind dates with Orioles players. So she was going to pick our boyfriends for us. Great plan. It was a great plan. Felt- Especially because she promised not to give me Machado. Right. and Well, it wouldn't matter anyway because he's going to be, you know, at the White Sox or someplace. But, <laughs> but she didn't find time to do it. You know what her excuse was? I haven't heard this, but... Schoolwork. But like, like, I am gonna forgive baseball. Like, 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 it's schoolwork is not. I mean, baseball. Oh wait, no, wait, no. Good parent, good parent. Yes, schoolwork is the right thing to do. All right. So in the meantime, we were left to find our own Orioles boyfriend. So what would you come up?
1: So I kind of had one in my back pocket before I knew about that. Where you keep your boyfriend? It it is, and actually, I mentioned this to my kid on the way home, and she said she pictured a little Oriole bird coming out of my back pocket. (laughs) But it was it's so as a Red Sox fan, choosing Adam Jones because Daring. yeah well political important and and something that we have to deal with i mean last year adam jones had a bad experience at fenway park Tell and listeners what I, happened i don't want anybody to have a bad experience at fenway park but the man's in the outfield mm-hmm. and somebody yelled a, the worst racial epithet at him while he was in the outfield and he it was a
0: fan, a fan It was out a there, Red yeah. Sox fan.
1: And he tweeted about it that day. And then the whole fucking Twitterverse just blew up over it. Everybody's talking about how racist Boston is, blah, blah, blah. And as a Bostonian born and bred, third generation, I know that Boston has a checkered history, as do many places. But I'm owning up to it. We have a long way to go adam jones is my boyfriend for other reasons too but also i feel like i owe this (laughs) as a red sox fan to make up for it although i think red sox nation did a pretty damn good job so after the whole twitter storm pookie my favorite your 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 real boyfriend real (laughs) mookie betts (laughs) tweeted fact i'm black too (laughs) literally stand up and he was telling red sox nation hello And if you look at the Red Sox, they are really have a a high percentage even compared to the rest of Major League Baseball of players of African descent. And I was kind of wondering about the the, there was some article that I read that said that there were four African American players on the main roster. And I was thinking, all right, Betts, Bradley Jr., Price, um, and Chris Young. And wait, there's more Hanley Ramirez, Bogart. So How do you define that? Did they have to be U.S. born of African descent to be African American? Because Ramirez and Bogart's born other places, but I'll like line them all up. And a racist fan would see them all the same if that were the case. But no, our fans are behind these guys. And so Pookie got out there, oh, Pookie, and said, listen, look, look at me. Look at him. Same thing. You don't say that shit here. And the owners came out and said any fan caught doing that banned for life from Fenway Park. And the next day, the fans gave Adam Jones a standing ovation when he came up to bat. Chris Sale got off the mound to let the standing ovation continue, got back on the mound and struck him out. But, you know, that that was definitely a good sign from That's Red fair, Sox Nation. Yeah. So I think that we we need to fess up to our I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing so, with
0: you, but I'm also saying that is an excellent way to apologize. Yeah. I mean, we, we're in a world of like everyone, you know, there's accusations about sexual harassment. Like, right. oh, well, if I did this, I, I I would be sorry about that. And they're all like Weasley things. That is an excellent thing. It's like, this is not what we stand for. Right. Here's what we do stand for. Here's what you need to do to show people this is what we stand for. That was great.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the fans are actually getting up to to show that this is what the majority of fans believe, because... And there was a lot of writing afterwards that, oh, it's not just a one-time thing. Things like this happen in Boston. But it, it, it you got to think of the the ratio, right? So I, I'm hopeful for our future. I'm hugely hopeful for the future of the Red Sox. And honestly, if you're going to pin it on one pivotal moment, I think David Ortiz changed Boston culture in a huge way.
0: You know, you're going back on old Red Sox boyfriends. You need to stick to um, Adam Jones. Tell should, us more about okay, Adam Jones.
1: Okay, Adam Jones, who my <laughs> Orioles, I hate. It's an so, Orioles boyfriend. I said that Quiet. You gotta do it. You can do his boyfriend. In you. He's actually, besides the fact that he got treated shittily at Fenway Park, he's a, really cool he he's a really cool guy. He's really into giving back to the community. And he has these annual um fundraisers for the Boys and Girls Club. And I guess he as a kid was a benefited from the Boys and Girls Club where where he grew up, which I didn't write down, so I don't remember, but He's very into helping Baltimore that needs a lot of help. So in addition to that, he's a five-time all-star, done a lot of good things. I think Adam Jones is my pick. And,
0: and you kind of won this one because my kid would not have given you Adam Jones had she set you up with an Orioles player because that's her Orioles boyfriend. So <sighs> nicely done. Well played. Hey, Cam. Let see me, that? Let me tell you about my Orioles boyfriend, Jonathan Scope. He is the second baseman. Can I just say that nobody can pronounce his name right if they see it written? It's true. It looks like shoop, which makes you want to sing a song. I want yes. to be like a background shoop, shoopy-doop. But no, it's actual. actually Jonathan Scope. He's 26 years old. He plays second base. This past year, he had a career season. He hit 293, 32 home runs, 101 RBIs. He was sixth in the American League for hits and for RBIs, which is pretty rocking. The good news and the bad news is he was the only Oriole to make the All-Star team this year. It's like, yay for him, crap for the Orioles, but there you go. But he was also the 2017 Most Valuable Oriole, and he is humble, and he's a sweet guy. He plays great defense. He's doing well as a hitter, but what he said about being the 2017 Most Valuable Oriole is the following. I think I improved a lot, but I think I have a lot more room to go. That's the attitude. I, I think I'll be better next season. So I'm holding him to that, and I'm going with Jonathan Scope as my boyfriend for the O's.
1: I just want to say when I saw that you you chose Scope that I thought that was really sweet because my memories of him were with the World Baseball Classic when he played for the Netherlands with Didi Gregorius of the Yankees and Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox. So these three American League powerhouses playing in harmony together Was really beautiful to see and also what the Netherlands means because Scope was from Curaçao and Mm -hmm. Bogarts is from Aruba and Gregorius, I think, was born in the Netherlands but grew up in In Curaçao. Right. So it's a big happy world. But I just got to ask you, though. Chris Davis, Chris, Chris, that was going to be so much fun. What happened with that?
0: Yeah, so last week I picked uh, Chris Davis, Chris, with a K of the A's. And I thought maybe I would have Chris Crush Davis of the Baltimore Orioles as my boyfriend. I like the crush thing, you know. It's a kind of a Bull Durham callback. Oh, thing yeah. And, <laughs> and he's a pretty decent player. He had a, not a great season, but I, I do like him as a player. And then I did some research because you can't just – I mean – You see somebody in the bar and you say, hey, I might want to date you. But if you're going to be an actual, like, you know, boyfriend thing, you got to do a little – you got to dig deeper, right? I dug deeper. He has been suspended twice for amphetamine use. Really? Really. I had
1: no clue. Uh, I had
0: no clue. And you do it once, okay? You got caught and you learn from your mistake. Well, apparently he's got two strikes on him and If he can't learn, he's not my boyfriend, okay? I like them with with good brains. And he's not showing that. So no no Chris-Chris thing. I've got one Chris Davis on my boyfriend uh, palette here. That's it. Damn, Chris, you blew it.
1: He did. He had a chance, and he blew it. So tell me about the, oh, my God, the Mets. All right. So I had this challenge this week dealing with the Orioles and the Mets. So, you know, just sucking it in, looking at it. But I did the same thing with the Mets as I did a couple weeks ago. And I, well, maybe it was even last week, too. But... Looking at former Red Sox players and Cespedes, who I actually saw play in his brief time on the Red Sox, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out though to the pitchers with hair on the Mets. Like oh my I just God. think
0: there's great hair. There is
1: great yeah. hair on the Mets, and between Syndergaard and Degrom, just like lots of flowing locks while pitching is really cool. But it's really hard to pick pitchers for your boyfriends, and I think we'll have a special pitchers episode at some point. So I got to go with Cespedes. Um, And I've got apparently this thing for Cuban power hitters, it seems like. The the cool thing with Cespedes, though, is, is my connection with the Red Sox also has this little love triangle because we got him trading Lester, who I adored, to the A's. And that was a major heartbreak. And he went from there to the Cubs. And then we had him for a few months, and we sent him shipping to get Rick Porcello, who ended up being Cy Young winner on the Red Sox for pitching. So two pitchers who I adore were involved with this love triangle deal with Cespedes. Um, Looking a little bit into his background, I think this is the sweetest thing about him. His mother pitched in the Olympic team for Cuba for softball. That's awesome. In 2000. So just that to have that in his blood, his dad was also a Cuban league catcher who I guess wasn't actually in the picture after he completed his first birthday, but it, it shows a little bit of uh, baseball in the blood. This is very time. cool
0: because we've had a lot of baseball boyfriends that we picked who have fathers specifically yeah. or brothers who are also playing or played or were scouts or somehow involved, but this might be the first
1: baseball mom. Yeah. I think the boyfriend mom. I think we, i got to look up our mo- his mom and see what's going on with him. Um I mean he it was a few years ago that he left so he left Cuba defecting and so he went to the DR first hung Cause out cuz that's how we had to do it cuz that's how he had to do it back then and hung out there for a while and then came over to the MLB has been a power hitter won the home run derby twice in 13 and 14 <laughs> all star twice but he's got this injury issue. He keeps getting hurt because he's a Met, and that seems to be it's, what the Mets do, It's what right? the Mets do, yep. They're good players, just end up in the DL for a long time. So he's been on the DL a ton with quad issues, left hamstring, right hamstring. He's just getting hurt all over his legs. And so this year off season, he's saying that he's going to be doing more running. He's working on his running because he's been doing a lot of weightlifting, so with that weightlifting comment, I just want to just flash back to my previous pick with the White Sox with Moncada. And, you know, I just happened to find a video that I'm maybe going to pass off to El Jefe if anybody else wants to see what it looks like to do some some muscle building work on the offseason season.
0: Is this a regular viewing
1: activity you have? No, it just kinda of came up. Okay, I think okay. it just, just it just, just kind once of twice. popped up in the feed. But just if checking. anyone wants to see you on Mokata doing some some repetition uh, exercises to to build up that power hitting it's all about it's the all power about hitting. the power
0: hitting so Excellent.
1: yeah so i i don't know if there's going to be a little bit of a face-off between these two cuban power hitters on my uh fantasy baseball league team but we'll see what's going on okay so all who right. you got
0: so i have david wright um i was playing i was auditioning a couple of different guys on the Mets. But weirdly, they all have injury issues. Where have <laughs> I heard that before? Right so, including one of them, um, T.J. Rivera sounded pretty good. I was checking him out. He might not be available on opening day because he's having Tommy John surgery. He's not even a pitcher, and he's having Tommy John, really, which I think is like an overachieving kind of thing. It's like, really, come on. So, um, so I'm not going. Th- I'm going with David Wright. You no, know, I had been looking at uh, on teams that I, you know, don't have a favorite already. I tend to have been looking at. Rookies, new faces, right? Not David Wright. David Wright is his career with the Mets, um seven time All Star, right? 296 lifetime average. He's like a role model kind of guy. He's a captain of the Mets. Major back surgery. He didn't play all of 20, well, most of 2017 so but he thinks i mean he's pretty sure he's coming back he's been doing a lot of you know a lot of rehab he thinks he's coming back so i may I hope i don't have to replace him but i think i want to i'm still sticking with him because he's working really hard and he's a third baseman you know i kind of love defense is sexy i said yeah and can i just say in, in addition to defense being sexy he's really hot oh
1: this is the hat guy
0: this is the hat guy okay so i i you know in auditioning him, I had a look at some pictures, so I was sure about who this was that I was talking about. And he was fine with a baseball cap on. And then I watched him do an interview about him coming back next year. He wasn't wearing a baseball cap. He's not a hat guy. No. You're either a hat wearer or not. A, I am not a hat wearer. He is not a hat wearer. Oh, my God. Without the cap? Oh yeah. So, yeah. you know, with the cap, he would walk by. I would let him walk by on the street with the without the cap. I'm swiveling. Yeah. I'm totally watching him go by. I'm with you there. So, that's clearly all besides the point because he's a role model. He's a good player. He's a good community guy. And another baby note, his baby girl's middle name is Shay, which, you know, as someone who named their kid after a baseball stadium, I have to appreciate that. And
1: that's a great name. I think that It is a great name. That's a great name. Oh, speaking of names, Tell me about names. So, you know, we were talking about – we have our little facial hair segment, and I was trying to fit something in there. But uh, I w- as I was also looking at what's going on in the hot stove, nicknames just jumped out at me. And my favorite nickname, a guy I'd never heard of before, was Cargo. Cargo. Cargo for Carlos Gonzalez. I just <laughs> think that's adorable. Cargo. So he's on the Rockies. And, and last year, I guess he had a rough beginning and a good end. So the question is, where will Cargo go?
0: Very nice. Yeah, and
1: so it's capital C, capital G. So it looks even cuter. Cargo. Mm-hmm. I just think that's great. Tell me oh, about oh, Facial hair it's facial hair. So involved, then right? so then I thought, oh shit, I gotta relate this to facial hair. So Bring I it on, bring I it I Looked out. him up and the man has the weirdest fucking facial hair. He has some but it looks like a little dead caterpillar just, like, is hanging out on his chin. Just that little bit. Like he missed a spot? He missed a spot. But he misses it repeatedly because it's in every picture that <laughs> I've seen. And sometimes he has scruff. But he's still got that little, like, fuzzy caterpillar right, right. right on that little bottom of his chin. No so one's telling him? I, I Apparently not. There's got to be, like, some blackout spot in his mirror. I don't know what's that going on. That must be it. He just can't see it when He's he an attractive guy otherwise, yeah. but just a weird dead caterpillar.
0: So I... I have a nickname for you, but it's in a different sport. I hope that's okay. I, I But like I, I thought crossover. you would like it. So there was there was local news here in your nation's capital, in Washington, D.C., in the world of basketball. And the, the forward, the Wizards forward, one of the Wizards forwards, Kelly Oubre, his nickname is Wave Poppy, which made me think of Big Poppy because it's spelled like Big Poppy. And can I tell you why he was in the news? It was a fashion incident.
1: Fashion and poppy together? That sounds like a good story to me.
0: And go for it. So... You know, Nike is a big sponsor of the NBA, and you've seen how baseball players wear those like compression sleeves, and sure. basketball players wear what they're ca- they call leg sleeves, which is a thing. It did it's it's is I didn't it a it's a thing. They call yeah. them leg sleeves, and he bought his own leg sleeve from Nike, from the Supreme brand, and it was red and it matched the Wizards' uniform. And it had the word Supreme in giant letters all the way down his leg. And he wore it in last night's Wizards game. And at, at the half, he was asked to switch it out, to put on some other leg sleeve, which is still a thing. And no one would tell him why. And I don't know if it was too flashy. But he said, hey, it had the Nike logo. They're our sponsor. It had the NBA logo. Why would they sell it to me? Or, you know, if it if it wasn't something I could have, why is it OK that I... So he was up in arms and he said, I think maybe it was just too wavy. Could have been too wavy. So it's nice that he used his own nickname in explaining it. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure why that happened. But there you go. So, all right. So big issue. So as long as we're off the topic of baseball, we are on the topic of you play like a girl. And we're going to talk about U.S. soccer for just one second. Good by me. Because, you know, we just had a big election this week in the real world. There's an election coming up in the world of sports. And it's a nerdy, nerdy, nerdy election. U.S. soccer, the president of U.S. soccer, this is the men's national team, the women's national team, and all the teams that feed into those teams. Ironically, they say that it's one team, which is hilarious, given the disparity between pay of women's soccer and men's soccer and all that. So they have a presidential election coming up, and there are eight people they haven't said who all eight were because they had to qualify on many different levels. You had to have these recommendations and these nomination, level, uh, nominating letters and all this stuff. There are two women who are running for this position. There have has never been a woman president of U.S. soccer before. And this is going to be a weird, crazy election. If you don't get enough of that in the political world, you can also have it in your world of sports. One of the people is... Kathy Carter, who, is, who runs Soccer United Marketing. So
1: she has an immediate conflict of interest. We've never seen that before. We've never with seen an elected that before. official having business interests that right. are benefiting because of his elected position. That just doesn't so happen. There's, there's corporate
0: ties and all that going on. The other person is Hope Solo, who you may know as one of the greatest women goalkeepers of all time who has a checkered past just a bit just a bit so she's has domestic abuse arrests her boyfriend was arrested for driving the US women's team van while intoxicated while they were members of the US women's team in the van so her whole platform is about you know equality for you know women's team and men's team but also making soccer less of an elite sport so that Anybody can get into it. You don't have to be able to afford like the elite travel teams and all that. So she has an interesting platform, but she has this crazy baggage she's bringing with her. So those of you who like elections with a lot of intrigue and um, a lot of mystery and a lot of slander and all kinds of interesting things are going to be happening. They don't vote, I think, until February. So Uh there'll be weeks worth of uh, interesting or weird nerdy soccer things coming up in the world of women uh, of not women's soccer men's soccer it's u.s soccer it's one name one team is what they tell us any foul language involved probably not on record damn it yeah all right
1: (laughs) so so what about the week ahead Winter meetings are ending today. So that means just like every other fucking week, we're going to turn off the mics and something big is going to have happened while we were recording this podcast. So just we'll, like Stanton, just like fucking Aaron Boone a couple weeks ago. So we're going to find stuff. out where
0: Machado went there probably. And Yeah. yeah. OK. So that's, that's going to
1: happen, happen, happen
0: now. What else? We have um, next week, we'll be back with more boyfriends. We are sort of starting to exit the bottom of the barrel boyfriends and kind of moving to the middle third. So, you nice. know, our, our, our parents would theoretically be proud of now we're shopping for boyfriends in a more appropriate, you know,
1: level here. So I think we've got the Toronto Blue Jays and the San Diego Padres. I'm looking forward to that because neither team do I have strong feelings about one way or the other. I was a little afraid of the Blue Jays actually at the beginning of the season last year, and then that ended up not coming to fruition. So I'll... Look into that a little bit. So I have I have a fun fact about the Padres. So when we
0: did the Reds in a previous mm-hmm. episode, I initially was going to look at Zach Cozart, who was the recipient of Donald the Donkey. Oh yeah, and you know, Joey Votto got him Donald the Donkey, but now he's a free agent. So the question is, where is he going to go? And right now, the Padres are wow. looking at him pretty seriously. So. If we find out in 10 minutes that the Padres took him, or between now and next week, he could already be my Padres'
1: boyfriend, but we'll have to find that out. And they have to be on the field, right? Because, like, my favorite sports broadcaster, Don Arcello, who broadcasted for years for the Red Sox and just had such an amazing way of speaking, and he had a great rapport with Jerry Remy, the color commentator, he got fired like that with no reason and sent off to the Padres, so... You know, yeah, now you get to hang out in San Diego, that's a nice thing, but I miss him.
0: Well, yeah, and along those lines, my favorite Padres boyfriend of all time is Tony Gwynn. Oh, and I miss him too. Nice. So we we'll have to we have to do some research and find a whole new generation of Padres boyfriends. In the meantime, I think we're ready for our spring training countdown. This
1: is so exciting. Tell it keeps me. getting lower and lower. So now we're only at 61 days, 6 hours, 50 minutes, and just a matter of seconds until we get to see some spring training. Oh, that is so exciting. I just can't wait.
0: But in the meantime, we'll be back next week with our next episode of No Crying in Baseball. So if you like what you heard, please go on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a nice rating and tell your friends.
1: We're the fox.